Good morning, Pitnass family. We are so glad that you are here today. Man, there is a lot of people here. Turn around and look at how many folks are here today. Let's give God a hand. This is awesome. We want to welcome you all here. We want to welcome our guests and our visitors today. You could have stayed home. You could have went to another church. You could have mowed your grass, but you decided to be with us today. And we are honored that you would be here. want to also welcome those that are listening online. Maybe you just couldn't be here today and you wanted to be. Or you're just scrolling through your Facebook feed and, and saw this going on. We want to welcome you. We're glad you're here. We also want to welcome our Hispanic ministry today. Normally they meet at the, during the 1130 service upstairs at our location. And so we're glad they're with us today. I'm especially probably excited about our Hispanic ministry because they are making street tacos today at Gorilla Village. So we're especially get, uh, glad that they're here. And we welcome 830, our 830 service our 10 o'clock service, and our 11.30 service today. We are so glad that you are here. Well, some of you know, maybe not all of you know, that every August we gather together as one family. It's an opportunity for us to all come together as one to cast vision and mission again for the next year. You know, sometimes vision leaks, and it's helpful once or twice a year to remind us of what the vision is, to connect ordinary people with an extraordinary God. And normally when we do that, we meet in our gymnasium at our location. But as you can see, our family's grown this last year, and so we wanted to continue to meet. So while I know you miss the lush gymnasium place, the Bicknell Center will have to do today. (laughs) Hey, every, every time we get together, we try to celebrate what God's doing. God's been doing some amazing things in our church because you guys are being the hands and feet. We've been gathering and we've been growing and you've been going. And that's, that's our mission, to gather, grow, and go. And I just wanted to share with you just real quickly today that um, our homestead, which is our college house, it's just a couple of houses down. I know we've got some new college students that are here today. It's just a couple houses down from where... Uh, our church location is. It was just a vision. It was just a dream about a year and a half ago. And this last year, it was a reality. And we opened it again this last Monday. We had 212 college students go through in one week. Two hundred. And 12 students. Opening week. And so I want you to begin to pray. We celebrate the 12 new volunteers that are helping there. And I want you to be praying for them as they go out and they uh, just begin to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. That's the goal of our church. is to see lost people found. Some of you aren't old enough maybe to watch the movie Hoosiers. But they make it to the championship game and they're in this small gymnasium and they win and they keep winning and winning and they end up in this amazing auditorium that's for basketball, not a fine arts building. The coach gets out and he measures the the floor to the basket and he said, how high is it? He said, 10 feet high. How long is it? And he tells him. And he said, what are the dimensions at our court? 10 feet high. It's the same. 
And church today, just because we're in new space, doesn't mean that there's any other reason for us to be here than to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Amen. You can clap. That's awesome. We don't exist to get a bunch of people together. We exist to see people come to know Christ. That's what the homestead's doing. And that's what we exist to do. And that's what we want to continue to do. For the last five years, the last five years, we've been sowing. We've been planting. We've been casting. We've been going. And church, we're in a season of harvesting, of reaping, because we've been sowing. But in order to continue to see a harvest, to continue to reap, we can't focus on the, har- the, the sowing that we did five years ago and the planting that we did five years ago if we want to continue to see people come to know Jesus Christ, not just to have a crowd, but if we want to see people come to know Jesus Christ, then we've got to continue to cast vision. We've got to continue to plant. We've got to continue to sow. Amen? It's crazy to think that really what we're talking about here today is relationships. This isn't anything new. This, is, this originated from Jesus. This is what he taught his disciples when he had a, a church of 12. 12 disciples. And he began to, to teach them through words, but mainly through actions, what it meant to be the kingdom of God. And as he was being the kingdom of God, there was some people, they were called Pharisees, and they didn't really like what he was doing. And they started to trick him one day, and they asked him, Jesus, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus, without hesitation, said, here's the most important thing, the most important commandment, and it's about relationships. It's about connecting people with an extraordinary God. You must love the Lord your God. Let's finish it together. With all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is... It's the first and greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God. With all your heart. With all your soul. And with all your mind. So the Pharisees were thinking, okay. And Jesus says, no, there's, a, there's an addition to that. There's another part, you see, because when you connect yourselves to me, when you connect ordinary people with sin and brokenness and addictions and stories and lives that need to be changed, when you connect them to me and they, and they allow this, my spirit to come inside of them, I begin to change their character And they begin to realize that there's a second commandment, which is equally important. To love your neighbor as yourself. Say it with me. Love your neighbor. That's essentially what Jesus is telling the disciples and telling us. And then he kind of wraps it up for them. Because if if you don't know the whole story of Scripture, before Jesus came... And became the sacrifice for us to be able to have relationship with Him. They would have to work and make sacrifices to get God to be pleased with them. They'd have to to find their best animal and sacrifice it. And they had all kinds of rules and laws and regulations 
that they had to abide by. And the Pharisees at that time, that's what they were focused on in Jesus in front of them and to them. says, not only are you love, love God and love your neighbor, but you need to understand something. Me dying and raising again fulfills the law and the entire law from where Adam was born in the beginning of the world and Moses and Noah and Elijah and so on and so on all the way to this day. All that law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Essentially, what Jesus is saying is this. Everything in life, no matter how bad or how great your life has been, everything in life is filtered through loving God and loving our neighbor. We know these as the greatest commandments. Jesus, he not only taught about relationships, but he died so we could have a relationship with God. Amen? And after his death, he was resurrected on the third day, paving a way for all of us to find a way back to God if we choose to follow him. But he had one more plan. Because he was leaving and he was returning to his Father in heaven after his death and resurrection. And he appeared to his disciples for 40 days to prove to them that I really did overcome the grave. Some of us may be familiar with doubting Thomas, but if we're not, one of the disciples said, I won't believe if he's raised from the dead until I see the holes in his hand. And Jesus shows Thomas his holes in his hands and his feet. And the disciples and and those among them begin to be filled with faith. And Jesus wasn't just saying that I died for you, twelve disciples, but I died for the world and I'm going to the Father and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. In fact, me going to to the cross and dying on the cross made a way for you and I to know Him. And now the Holy Spirit, as you ask Jesus into your heart and you invite Him in and you recognize what He's done, you can become a Christian and you can have the Holy Spirit inside of you which changes our moral compass. And as a result of that, the only thing that God calls us to do besides live a holy life is to tell others about this holy life. Essentially, that's what the Great Commission is about that Jesus commissioned them with. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. And he's meeting with the 11 disciples because Judas, he made a bad choice. And he's meeting with the 11 disciples. And he's on a mountainside. And he says the most important thing that we're called to do once we become a follower, and it's this. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth because I overcame the grave. I overcame the cross. Therefore, go. Say it with me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them 
In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now you may come to church here and you may decide, you know what, this church isn't for me and you, you may go somewhere else. But let me tell you something, church. Whether you go here or you go somewhere else, find a church where the most important thing is to love God and love others and go and make disciples. That is the gospel. That is what we are called to do as Christians. It's not to be great at sports. It's not to kill a guitar, although they did. Those are things we do, and we use those things that we do well as a platform to tell others that God loves them and He can forgive them. That your neighbor, if you love God, then you have to forgive your neighbor. And that you can't just sit. You see, we're not called to just be spectators. We're called to be contributors. And that's essentially what He said to them when He says, Go and make disciples. And then he says, teach these new disciples. What do we teach them? How do we make disciples? Teach them to obey, say it with me, all the commands I have given you. So what we're called to do is to connect people to an extraordinary God. To gather them up and grow them up and send them out to teach them to obey. And then there's this promise. I know you're all waiting for what's next, but hang with me. And be sure of this. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Someone in here needs to hear that today. God is with you. You came here today and and you heard these guys up here do you know a good job and you're listening to me and and we're in this place and and your world's falling apart and and you're like yeah this is great but mom hurting i'm broken let me tell you today god knew you were before you were born god has a plan for your life he sees exactly where you're at and life will begin to make sense <clears throat> when we put him first When we begin to to have God's character in ourselves for others. And when we get busy building His kingdom. That is the great commission. So here again, I said this last year, I say it again today. We need a great commitment to the great commandments and the great commission. We need a great commitment to the great commandments and the great commission. Say it with me. We need a great commitment to the great commandments and the great commission. Jesus gathered these disciples up. He grew them up and he sent them out. He gathered them up. He grew them up and he sent them out. Say it with me. He gathered them up. He grew them up. And sent them out. He gathered. He grew. And they went. That's what happened to Paul. Paul had a a life earlier before he was Paul called Saul where he was an enemy of the gospel. God has a, a... an encounter with him and Saul's life, Paul's life, excuse me, Saul's life is changed. And he later becomes Paul. And here's what Jesus told Paul. Yes, I am. What's that word? I am. Sending you to the Gentiles to do what? To open their eyes 
so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Our mission is to see lost people come to know Christ. Period. I was on sabbatical this summer. Some of us know that, some of us may not. And I was gone for about seven weeks, and five of those weeks I was on sabbatical. And during that time I was praying about, okay, what's, what's next for us, God? We've been doing, hopefully, Lord, what you want us to do. But God, we're kind of at a crossroads here. Our, our 10 o'clock service is completely packed, and people continue to come. What do we do? Our other services are, are filling. What's the plan? Do we, do we plant a church? Do we build a building? What do we need to do? So I took a prayer retreat and I began to ask God, God, what, what do we need to do? So I'm, I'm packing my, my bags. I've got my socks and my shirt and everything's going in there. And I begin to, to have this heaviness And this heaviness was relative to some conversations that y'all don't know about. But two years ago, um, our district superintendent, our church is made up of a denomination that has districts. And our district is called the Joplin District. And two years ago, we had a DS and his name was Mark Bain. And he had said, Kyle, I closed a church in Columbus. And I wondered about after it's been sitting for a while. If you'd be willing to go in and and plant a church in that community. I said, Mark, we only got like one or two couples that I know of that live over there. I wasn't following the master. I was following the math. And I said, we're not doing that. A year goes by. Mark leaves and we have a new district superintendent, which is our district superintendent now. His name's Phil Rhodes. Get get a phone call. Kyle. Yeah. Same deal. I said, Phil, I told Mark before, it just it doesn't make sense to me. Pittsburgh from Columbus is a thirty three minute drive. I can't see too many of our folks wanting to drive clear to Columbus. I'm just being real with you, is that all right? I can't see people wanting to drive thirty three minutes. I'm doing the math, you know what I'm saying? We don't have that many over there. I'll tell you what I'll do, Phil. I'm going on sabbatical this summer. And in my head, I'm like, I already know what God's going to say. I'll pray about it. At least he'll be quiet. As I was packing my bags, the Lord began to put on my heart so heavy that church in Columbus, and it kind of scared me. I got in my truck and I, I was doing like a three-day prayer retreat in Kansas City. And as I was starting to make the trek up there, I was putting some worship music on and God's Spirit just began to come and I just got emotional about this plant in Columbus. But I started to think, you know, our faith is not emotions, it's a choice. And I'm just getting carried away here. This, this isn't what God wants. And I turned the radio off. And after a little bit, that that presence kind of left. And I thought, see, that was just my emotions. We're not supposed to do that. A day later, I was laying on my face in the room where I was at by myself.
And I began to pray, and I said, God, what do you want for our church? Do you want us to plant a church in Columbus? Do you want us to build? God, what do you want us to do? And the Lord spoke to me. He didn't speak out loud, but as clear as, as clear as I've experienced. He said, Kyle, you already know the answer to that question. You think that you've been waiting on me to answer you. And the truth is, I'm waiting on you to answer me. The Sunday that I left to go on sabbatical, I preached a message, if you were here, on wrestling with God. Because there's some times in our life where we have to wrestle. God doesn't just give us an answer. We've got to pray. We've got to fast. We've got to seek. And I said out loud in that room that I was in, I don't know if anybody heard me. I said, Lord, you want us to plant a church in Columbus, don't you? And this heaviness came over me like you just can't even imagine. And I knew in that moment exactly what God wanted us to do. And I said, Lord, we will plant a church in Columbus, Kansas. I said it like five times. And this, you can give a hand. That's awesome. And this peace came over me like I can't even tell you. And there's been some conversations and some things that have taken place over this, the course of this um, moving that direction. I don't know where Matt is, if Matt's around here anywhere. Is Matt here anywhere? Matt's way up there. You don't have to come down, Matt. I'll just get you from there. Matt, are you going to Columbus? He's giving the thumbs up. Matt's going to Columbus. Some of you don't know who Matt is. Matt Williams leads worship when Brian can't lead worship. And Brian's feeling called to go to Columbus to help as worship leader. And we're praying about what the other roles uh, will be there. But we're excited about him being a part of the team. Matt's graduating in, in the spring with a degree in general ministry from Ozark College. So he's going to be a part of that. I don't know if Lon and Judy Sykes are in here. They may be over at the Gorilla Village. Uh, getting ready for that. Are they here? They... Lawn's way up there. Yep. And Judy's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Judy's our secretary, and I shared with the staff, I said, now don't, don't tell anybody about this. We want to we reveal this at the, at the Bicknell Center. And she went home and told Lawn, and Lawn said, I think we're supposed to go. And they begin to pray about it. And so they're going to go and be a part of that. Now here's, here's the part. We're launching this church in February. We're not waiting. We're not going to sit around. We're going to do this. So we're going to send a hundred people from our church to Columbus. And we're asking, yeah, that's awesome. We're asking you to be to go as missionaries for a year. We're going to send 100 people to Columbus for a year as missionaries to help get this church started. So after this service is over at the Gorilla Village, there'll be some ministry fair stuff going on. 
You can sign up if God's spoken to you at some point today about going. Sign up. If you don't know, which is what's probably going to be a lot of us because we've got to pray about it, we ask you to do that. But church, we want to send 100 people because the math doesn't work out on paper. We want to send 100 people not because we're not sure if it's going to work. We're sending 100 people because we want it to work. Those of us who are parents, moms, you understand that when you have a child, your body changes. And dads, you understand when you have a child, you kind of move to the back of the line and the kid kind of for a while comes first. And it's a sacrifice. I mean, even now at this age, I have to watch bubble guppies and all this other kind of stuff because my kids want to watch what they want to watch. Because when you have a kid, it's not about you. It's about what? The kid. Church, we're going to have a church kid. And we're going to resource that church. We're going to pray for that church. And we're going to see God do amazing things over there. We're going to, we're going to, it's going to be one church, two locations. And we're going to do a satellite campus, which means that the message will be piped in from Pittsburgh. We'll have live worship over there. Uh, Matt will be leading that. We're going to have a team, and we're going to love on Pittsburgh or Columbus. September 16th, September 16th, we are having an information meeting. If you go to that meeting, it does not mean that you have to go to the plant, but it means you want to find out more about it. Now, here's the other thing, because we're launching in February. The first Saturday in October is Columbus Days. And we are going to take a group over there, sim- similar to what we do here for the October Homecoming Parade, and we've got to come up with a church name. And we've got to come up with, with the logos and all that kind of stuff. And we are going to go over for that Columbus Parade and begin to start the gossip and the chatter that we are coming to Columbus in February. And we're going to do it again at the Christmas Parade. So we want to encourage you with that. Now that's a big enough plan right there by itself. I've got a shirt on that says, build out, build up, freed up. The Columbus part of that plan is build out. We're not going to actually build a tangible building. We're going to lease a a building that we're excited about over there possibly. But as I heard at the prayer retreat about Columbus, I began to think, well, I can just go go back to, to the church or go take vacation now. I already know what God wants. While I was there on sabbatical, I, I left the prayer retreat and I went to North Dakota, which is a, a church a friend of mine has. His name's John Hauser, and God's been doing some amazing things in their church, and they've been reaching all kinds of, of people. And John's been praying for us today, and he's going to be watching this later today. He's been mentoring me. He's an amazing man of God. And if you're watching, John, thank you for your encouragement But as I was in one of his services, I I got an opportunity to be a part of everything that he does. And as I was, that day he had this prayer service where he had people who had addictions and people who were were struggling with divorce and, and, and there was a few that were dealing with human trafficking. I mean, there was all kinds of crazy things that were going on. And he, he says, if you're struggling with one of these things, I want you to come forward or, or come down on the sides and Churches, people begin to come down. The Lord said to me, Kyle, as you send out, I'm sending in. Like pizza or? 
He said, Kyle, as you send out, I'm sending in. And as those people are coming down, I'm thinking to myself, besides the fact that our chairs are packed, we don't even have enough room behind the chairs for this prayer thing that they're doing. And, and our, lobbies are so, our lobby is so tight. And God made it clear that we're supposed to build a new sanctuary and a new lobby. And I'm thinking to myself, God, I heard you about Columbus, and I hear you speaking to me now, but how do these two things go together? Nobody's going to buy this. And I wrestled and wrestled with that because I know what God said about Columbus and I knew what I heard about in North Dakota. And I'm getting anxiety because I'm getting ready to end the sabbatical and go on vacation. And I don't really want to spend my vacation worried about how I'm going to put this together. And the last day of sabbatical, God put it all together. We're going to build out, we're going to build up, and we're going to be freed up. Freed up. We're going to see, we want, our goal over the next five years is to see 200 people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Amen. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> 150 of that 200, the goal is for Pittsburgh. 50 of that total is for Columbus. So we're going to launch a church in Columbus with 100 people. We're sending missionaries for a year. If you commit to going for a year, at the end of that year, some of you will stay and you won't come back. Some of you will come back. But the reality is we're here to go. We've been gathering. We've been growing. It's time to send. In 2021 and 2022, we're going to build up. We're going to build a new sanctuary and a new lobby so that we can see more people come to know Christ. The Lord gave me this analogy. Think about the t-shirt size that you wear. Don't tell anybody. I'm not going to tell you mine. Think about what t-shirt size you wear. If I gave you a t-shirt that was one size smaller than what you wear, you could probably wear it. But if I gave you a t-shirt that was one size smaller than you wear and you put it on, and you gain 20 pounds or 40 pounds. Now that size t-shirt that's already probably really too small doesn't fit at all, does it? That's our sanctuary situation and lobby. It fits. But if we're going to see more people come to know Christ, we need more room. So in 2021 and 2022, we're going to build a new sanctuary and lobby. We don't have the exact total yet. But we're guessing between the church plant, because besides sending 100 people, we're going to send $100,000. We're going to send 100 people and $100,000 to Columbus, not because we hope it works, but because we know it's going to work and we want to resource them. Let's give God a hand. That is awesome. So what will take place is whatever ends up being the total for the building, add 100000 to it, and that's what the total is. We're guesstimating. We don't know for sure that the entire project of Columbus and here in Pittsburgh is going to be around one five to one seven. We want to see 200 decisions for Christ, 
150 at Pitnaz, 50 at Columbus. Now here's the last piece. Some of you are like... We want to be debt-free in five years. The last time that we built was when I first came. This isn't the first time that this church has planted, is it, Jim? It's not the first time we've built something either. We took out a 15-year loan, I believe, on the build of the gym that we built. Folks, we don't need 15 years of debt. God wants to keep sending us out. God wants to continue to do things in our church and in the surrounding community. So how are we going to do that? We're going to do a capital campaign called Project Build Out and Build Up. And this campaign, Scott Rutledge, some of you know Scott. Scott's chairing this and he's going to go to work with us on this. But it will help, this campaign will help start and stabilize. Everybody say stabilize. Stabilize. There's a lot of things you don't anticipate in that first couple of years. And $100,000 is a shot in the arm to get that going. It allows us to build a sanctuary and a lobby in Pittsburgh and be debt-free in five years. So we're going to begin a capital campaign called Project Build Up, Build Out to raise $1.5 to $1.7 million in five years so we can build out, figuratively, not literally, a, a church family in Columbus so we can build up a sanctuary and lobby in Pit, at Pitnaz for the purpose of freeing people up spiritually. That's why we're doing this. To see people come to know Christ. 200 souls and be debt-free five years from now so that we can, t- can continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm on an airplane flying from North Dakota to Tulsa. My, I have anxiety coming out the wazoo because I know what God has said to me. And I just talked to a man who wrote three things on a board. He wrote endings, wilderness, and new beginnings. And he sat me in front of that board and he said, Kyle, when you left Pittsburgh to go on sabbatical... You were in endings because you knew something's got to change. We're at a crossroads here. And you went into the wilderness. And now God's revealed this to you. And you went from the, from the endings to the wilderness. And now you're in new beginnings. And I'm like, yeah. And then he looked at me and he said, but hear this. Ain't nobody with you. <laughs> Nobody's there. And you got to go back. And some, some folks, their, their best friend may be called to go, and they're going to grieve that. That's an ending. I really like having Matt play at our church. It's going to mean that the pastors or, or somebody else is not going to be able to pay attention to me, or my small group's going to change. Kind of like mom and dad having conversation with a bunch of kids in the house. But the Lord gave me this scripture that took all the anxiety away that you see on the screen. Read it with me. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish more than we might ask or think. To accomplish, accomplish infinitely more. To accomplish infinitely more. Say it with me. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think 
Imagine what would happen. Just a year and a half or two years ago, our church board is sitting around and we're talking about, do we want to take this house over here and turn it into a college ministry house? It was a vision. It was, a, it was an idea that we began to pray about and became a vision. And this week, 212 people, 212 people visited that house. I don't know how many are in a section. It's at least this section here, plus maybe a little bit more. Maybe it's this front here in one week. It's hard right now because some of us, we pay attention to numbers. That's why, that's why you got a big savings account. You, you love numbers. You're around numbers. And so even if you don't love numbers, it's hard sometimes to look at a plan like this and say, how in the world could God do something? But imagine church right now. Right now our gym that we, that we built 13 years ago, it's paid for. But imagine when they were going through that process, maybe the anxiety that they, that they had. But imagine church, I want you to think about this. I know, I know it's taken a while, but just stay with me. Imagine we launch a church in February and there are people in that community, in that surrounding community that need the hope of Jesus Christ and they hear and they experience the message of Jesus Christ and they give their life to Christ. That $100,000 that we have, that we give, it's not a debt, it's an investment. Church, the money that we give to Columbus and the money that we raise for, for our building here, it's not a debt, it's an investment in the kingdom of God. When you pay your tithe, it's not a duty, you are investing in the kingdom of God. And if you, amen, amen. And I would encourage you, we all want to invest in things that we enjoy. If there's a church out there that you would rather invest in, I don't even mean this the wrong way. That's okay to invest there. But we all have to invest in the kingdom of God. So imagine, church, what that would look like five years from now. I got, I got a news for you. Five years from now, we're going to need a bigger space. We're going to have to go to two services here. So you have a couple of action steps for us right now. Today, all the offering is going to project Build Out and Build Up. And I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward at this time and go ahead and, and make your way. Today, it's going to be a kickoff. It's an action step to say, whether you're going or staying, that you believe that God can do this. I'll tell you right now, I know we can't do this, but how many in here by a show of applause believe God can do this? Amen? So we're going to ask you to pray about whether you're supposed to go during the worship song here. You'll be, you'll be able to give funds to that. 
stop by the Columbus table and grab that date. How are we going to do this? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Because unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Let's stand together. So, so I said, God, are we supposed to plant? Are we supposed to build? And God said, yes. So folks, I encourage you to begin to pray. Here's what I'm asking. This is what I'm asking. Don't go because you're excited. And don't not go because you don't want to. Pray and ask God if he wants you to. I didn't want to go to Columbus. God wants to go to Columbus. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to Columbus. And God wants to reach Pittsburgh. And so we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to continue to build. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Woo! Have a blessed day.